I was born to be a coach. You do, you do know 41 is not that old, am I right? But it's for that future youth. You have a lot of celebration happening. Sarah loves burpees. Hi, I'm Laura. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Kim. This is Nikki. And I'm Louise. Hi, and welcome to the Best Parts Podcast, where we invite you to pull up a chair and think about your best parts, which are all your parts. This week, we're going to talk about our bodies, specifically around movement, health, and wellness, as we welcome into the guest spotlight our very own Sarah Dole. Sarah is our resident West Coaster, living her dream life in San Francisco, both as a college golf coach and as a life coach. Whether it's the women on her team or a client she's working with, Sarah has a passion for helping others reach their potential by taking small steps that lead to great outcomes. Sarah works in a holistic manner, taking the whole person into consideration, helping them achieve their dreams. And although she's part of the Best Parts team, today the focus is on her in a different way. So welcome to the Best Parts, Sarah. Are you ready to dive in? I am so ready to dive in. So Sarah, I'd love it if you'd share with us your story. How did you get to be living your best life? I grew up in upstate New York, and very early on, I realized that sports was going to be an outlet for me. I was the little tomboy that played soccer and basketball, and uh, I ended up starting the game of golf at nine years old. And right from the beginning, I realized that I just loved to compete, and I loved being a part of a team. I was really fortunate to end up playing college golf at Penn State. I ended up moving down to Charlotte, and I was a golf pro. And before I knew it, someone said to me, have you ever thought about coaching? And I hadn't. (laughs) And I ended up being able to go up to my alma mater and start my coaching career at Penn State. And it just took off from there. And I I realized in that first year of being a college golf coach that I was born to be a coach. And I just, I feel fortunate that golf was my avenue to do that. And then a job opened up at the University of San Francisco. And I have wanted to live in San Francisco for about 20 years. And I got the job and moved across the country. And now I'm just working on living my best life out here on the West Coast. So you were golfing since the age of nine. I'm curious, did you grow up in a family that was really sporty? No. (laughs) No is the short answer. My dad's played golf for most of his life. But what really got me started was actually one of the most defining moments of my childhood. I was at a family outing and my father's uncle, so he was my great uncle Charlie, he had gotten a new set of golf clubs and he brought them out to show everyone and the old clubs were in his car and a bunch of us kids were there and he let us swing. And I took one swing, first shot, hit it over his head into the next door neighbor's yard. Wow. And had never swung a golf club in my life. And he was like, a girl can do that? (laughs) And took me out for lessons right away. He would take me golfing. He would come to my golf tournaments and that's where my golf started. I didn't have a very sporty family. I mean, my dad definitely does a lot of movement, but my mother was not athletic in any sense of the word. And honestly, I, I grew up with some bad genes. And if, if I hadn't found movement, I don't know where I would be right now because I just, I know that I'm susceptible to some things from you know, some of the health problems both my mom and dad have had. I just feel so fortunate that athletics is, and movement has be- become such a big part of my life. And it was kind of by accident. And I'm, I'm really grateful. That's so wonderful. And it's so, I love that you say that you were born to be a coach and that not only are you this amazing golf coach, but you've also parlayed that into being a life coach. What brought that on? 
I was sitting on my couch one day and I was thinking there's more for me to put out into the world. Well, I adore the team that I coach and I'm, I want to be a golf coach much, much longer. I, I work with seven or eight players at a time. And I felt with life coaching, I could work with more people and I could reach larger groups. I've been working with a life coach for several years and I've seen what she's done where she works with individuals, but she also brings groups together. And that's what really brought me to it is I do the same thing with my college golf coaching. I work individually with each player, but then I'm also creating team culture and getting us working together as a group. And you know, they're all 18 to 22 years old, right? And I keep getting older and they stay the same age. So (laughs) that's that's not right. So I'm like, I want to work with people of all ages. I want to work with people that are maybe farther along in life that are struggling to find what works for them. So that was part of why I shifted over to wanting to add life coaching. Sarah, what is it that you bring from your golf coaching experience into your life coaching experience and vice versa? I'd have to say my ability to meet people where they are and to empathize with their situation. Because as a college coach, it's a lot more about relationships and communication than it really is about the sport, if I'm being honest. And that's what I've loved about coaching is connecting with the players on a one-on-one level and having the opportunity to meet them where they are and have empathy for their situation and to try to find ways to help them be their best selves. And life coaching is to really get to know the client, get to know where they are, where they want to go and then provide tools for them to get there. I know one of the things that surprised me was that being a coach to a sports team was really more than that. So I was wondering if you could say more about that. Absolutely. So all of the athletes that I coach, they're from all over the nation and all over the world. And they have a swing coach at home, someone who's working specifically with mechanics and technique. And then they come to college with a really great golf swing. And they're typically lacking in other areas such as emotional management, time management, golf course management, how to practice properly, how to balance school and relationships and friendships and then travel with the team. And there's just so much more that goes into college coaching. And that's why I've loved it so much because while I love the game of golf, I love coaching more. And golf has been my avenue to be able to coach. I am way more passionate about standing, you know, next to the golf green with one of the players talking about what they're going through and, you know, helping change their mindset so they can get more out of that day's practice. That's, that's where my passion is. You wouldn't believe the amount of times I've had players in my office crying about things that have nothing to do with golf. (laughs) When I was in college, I was not a student athlete. I was there, I did my homework and I went about my way. And you're not just teaching them how to be an athlete. You're really giving them the life skills that I have times that I reflect on saying, why didn't they have that in school? Like the time management, the emotional management, how to take care of your schedule to get things done and balance all of these things. I feel like so many people kind of in our age group, that's something at least from my perspective and what I hear, they really struggle with that, you know, how to fit in the workout, how to be working towards something, how to manage all the emotions that are going on. Well, and through navigating this time with the college open and closed and are we remote? Uh, Where are the students going to be? Are we going to have a season? You've had to navigate a lot with your team. And I, I feel really fortunate to be the one to guide them through this COVID-19 thing. You know, our spring 
Lightning season was cut short right in the middle of the season. And that was devastating for some of those players. The two seniors, their careers ended overnight. So, yeah, I, that's the stuff that I really I feel fortunate to be able to help them get through difficult times like this. Yeah, it's clear how much it is about the whole person. So that even in the context of a sports team, you're not just talking about the sport, you're talking about them as women in the world. And sports teaches you so much, you know, from resilience to teamwork to working hard and realizing that there aren't shortcuts. We're actually sitting here in the the summer of 2020 as we're recording this, and we just went remote for the fall. So we don't have a fall season either. So they're all staying home for the rest of the year, and we'll get through it, and we're going to be stronger on the other side. And this is what I want to bring to my life coaching is I want to leave them better than I found them. And that's just really important to me. It's so beautiful. And I love that that you're taking the skills that you have learned over these 15 years as a golf coach into your life coaching business. So what is something that people seem to misunderstand about you? I'd have to say that for someone who has been an athletic coach, who played college athletics, I think people look at it someone like me that's crazy about movement and working out and you know all of that that they think is just easy and it is so not there are days that the comfy sheets and the warm bed wins over going to the gym and there are stretches of time where I don't feel great in my body there are stretches of time where I just you know I've struggled my whole life with body image and self-confidence around that and I have worked really really hard to get through that and I think some people just see like the I'm, I'm not at the end result by any means, but where I am now at the age of 41 versus where I was 15 years ago, I'm definitely much more confident and I don't look that much different. I have just found a way to realize that this is the body I have and I'm just really proud of how much I can do at my age still and I, I'm not planning to stop. You do, you do know 41 is not that old, am I right? <laughs> I know. I didn't want 41 to sound old. <laughs> Sarah, I... <laughs> I'd love to move more. I really would. And there's this, I don't know what it is. What, what is it that keeps people from putting more movement into their lives or from, from, you know, sometimes we, we try to put more movement into our lives and it just doesn't work. Like for me, I don't know how many times I've joined the gym and yeah. promptly canceled my membership. I'm not the only one. No, not at all. <laughs> Like it, it, it's, <laughs> I, I can't even speak to how many different, right? It's like, oh, I didn't like that chain. I'm going to go over here and try this, right? Like really, <laughs> is it really that that yeah. makes a difference? So what is that? Like, what is that all about? Because I, I know, well, I know Kim and I, and <laughs> we're not the only people out there, but we try to put movement into our lives and then, and then something happens and it just, it, it seems of all the benefits, I know all the benefits that you talk about, right? But it just, it seems that it's, I don't know, I don't want to say impossible, but it, it feels really hard sometimes. Oh, yeah, it, it feels hard for me too, Louise. First thing I'm going to ask you and everyone listening to stand up and stretch and do one squat. Right now? <laughs> yeah, there's some movement. All right, I'm doing it. I'm up. Oh, God. Right. Everyone up. Stretch. <laughs> Do feeling everything right now. <laughs> feeling all the feels. <laughs> so a couple of things. When you're a part of a group, you're more likely to be accountable, right? So that was, that was my whole point there. But also I want everyone to just get up and move for a minute. So Louise, the, the, the short answer to that is people feel like they don't belong. And gyms are, are difficult. 
gyms are a place where people there's, you know, you've seen those, those men that walk around the gym that look like they're holding suitcases. You know what I mean? Like they're just walking. Like, mm-hmm. I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Um, and no, no offense to any men listening who yes, happen to be walking around carrying some, suitcases. There are some women I've seen do that too. Yes. Um, but I think it's the people look at uh, a gym and think they have to be quote an athlete. And i that's one thing I want to help people change their mindset around is what an athlete is. Change the word athlete to movement or momentum. And remember that you only have one body and it's your responsibility to take care of it if you want to be on this earth for a long time. And when you go to the gym, if you don't have someone there with you helping you, you feel like you don't belong. And that's why I think some people quit is they get there and they just feel intimidated because they don't know what to do. And they see these people lifting these big heavy weights and they're like, well, am I supposed to be doing that? So I think that's one thing is finding where you belong in movement is really important and finding what you enjoy. I think what a lot of people do is they set goals. So for instance, let's say you set a goal to for this week, Louise, you're going to go walk four times this week and life came up and you only did it twice. But at the end of the week, some people think like, oh, I failed. So why even bother trying next week? And I think a lot of people think it's an all or nothing thing. And I I, I see it just as a process where you're not always going to reach all of your goals. It doesn't mean that you quit. And and that's what a lot of people do is they feel like, oh, you know, I, I lost momentum. I might as well just not bother. When I think about movement and working out and improving my health, it feels like a mountain. So then I must do big things, right? So if I, I look ahead and say, here, here I am, and I have this goal of putting more movement into my life, of being healthier, of feeling great, it seems like a really, a really big journey to take. So then I must make big actions to get there. And what I'm hearing you say, it's more about the small things and building momentum up to that. So you don't have to run all the way up the hill. As long as you keep moving forward, then you're moving towards your goal. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone has different goals. Some people want to run a half marathon. They're not going to run 10 miles today. They're going to start with walking a mile and then slowly adding, right? So that's for someone who wants to run a half marathon. Think about just wanting to live a life with more energy being your goal. Well, let's say you walk five minutes today. Tomorrow you walk six. The next day you walk seven. Before you know it, you've walked a hundred minutes over the next 10 days. And I, just, I think that's it. Is if you thought about, oh, I have to go walk for an hour and a half, that feels daunting. But if it's five minutes here, six minutes there, that it's like bite-sized pieces. It's definitely more manageable. So Sarah, overall, what does this concept of movement mean to you? You know, I, I think movement, and I've said this before, and I believe it was not me that came up with a body in motion stays in motion. <laughs> I think you're correct. Yeah. That's, that's like a law of physics. It's yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so Sarah, you and I've talked about this and I hate movement, but I shared with you, I do stretching exercises in the morning, every morning when I'm doing my morning meditation. And you said you considered that movement. So what I realized was that I have a part of me thinks that movement has to be uh, aerobic, right? Yeah. So I have it in my head that a movement, you know, movement has to be cardio. Basically, I have to be burning calories in an effort to get somewhere else. So that's, it's been interesting to hear you talk about movement as something different and other than what I've got in my head. I also like what you just said about, you know, I could go walk five minutes today and then I could walk six minutes tomorrow. And then over a period of, you know, 10 days, I've 
walked 100 minutes. And that's certainly, you know, I walk 200 steps a day, whether I need to or not, from my bathroom to my office. And that's about it. So 100 minutes of steps over 10 days would be a lot more for me. So I, I like that idea of looking at it in small bites, but then also reframing what does movement actually mean? Because I bet I'm not the only one that thinks that movement or exercise has to be some sort of aerobic activity. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of people think exercise has to happen at the gym. Well, hello, COVID-19. Gyms are closed in most places. And so it's around the world. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's finding movement that you enjoy. It's not just going and picking up barbells and like, you know, I'm a CrossFitter. I love CrossFit, but I also walk, hike, bike, play tennis, you know, walk the dog, do all sorts of other types of movement, not just one. And I think that's what's important is finding what works for you and go do that. It could be yoga. I mean, I love yoga and some yoga classes can be extremely difficult and others, maybe you're not sweating as much, but you're moving your body and you're getting the blood flow going and you're stretching and you're taking care of yourself. And that's what I think movement is. And people just think, oh, movement is I have to go sweat it out for an hour and a half. I think the first 20 minutes of a workout is some of the most enjoyable time, to be honest. Well, and I love that we have a resident athlete and we do also have a resident yogi. Nikki is our resident yogi. I was just going to say, who's that? (laughs) (laughs) And, And I'd actually love to hear the two of you talk about that concept of movement and what it can look like in different ways. What I love about yoga, and this is like personal preference, it's something that I haven't really found at the gym, is the mindfulness of movement and that the purpose of yoga is for you to be in your body where it is that day. So if you're having a rough shoulder day, you meet yoga where you are with a sore shoulder. It might not be sore tomorrow, but today, that's what you have to work with. And so that there's so many ways to adapt what you're doing. And I have a hard time if I go to a gym, I have a hard time doing that because I want to push through and I want to do and I want to get and all of those things. Yeah. And the mindfulness around yoga is something that we should bring to all of our movement. Absolutely. So yoga is so, I love yoga because you're, you're breathing and you're thinking about your breath and the instructor is putting you through movements and telling you where you should be focusing and I think we should bring that to all of the movement. Think about taking a walk for 10 minutes down the road and like feeling your feet hit the floor and just paying attention to where you are. I think that would be a great thing to add to other movements. And that's why I love yoga. Part of what's hard for me about working out is being in my body because it doesn't feel good. Like I don't like how my body feels when I'm moving it. I think the more that you find the movement that you enjoy that can change over time and you know, I'm not trying to make it seem like that simple. Just figure out how to move. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I think the more you find, like you love yoga and you've become certified. Yeah. I think that has something that you found in movement that you really enjoy. Well, it's, it's challenging at times, right? But. Oh yeah. I've had some days where I do a yoga class with somebody else and I'm like the whole time, I don't want to be here. This is not fun. My body doesn't feel good. And you need to find something that works for you and your body that you enjoy. So even though I wasn't having fun and didn't want to be there, part of me was like, yoga really speaks to me. And so I'm staying even though I don't want to be here. And that's a hard place to find if you've never found it before. I've never been mad after I've gone to a yoga class. (laughs) Oh, I have. 
<laughs> I was after that one. I was just still like gnashing my teeth. Like, yeah. oh. no, I have. When 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 you're next to somebody who is bendy, flexy, upside downy, and she's not even aware that you exist, I go into a yoga studio wanting to, and this uh, now you know online yoga studios of wanting to feel the connection also with that yoga community. And there have been times when it doesn't feel good to be in a group because it's more intimidating, especially when you're then the, the other, like the, the other people don't even recognize that you're there as part of it. I hear you in terms of group and finding what you love. And I, I feel like generally speaking, women have challenging relationships with our bodies. Like, I, I think I can probably what? put that <laughs> put it mildly <laughs> as a blanket, no. relatively blanket statement. In and, some way, yes. In, in some, some way. way, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious how we think movement can help us move beyond that feeling of that, that I just explained, like when you're in that yoga studio and you're feeling like, or wherever you are, the gym, wherever, feeling less than and feeling judgy about our own bodies. How yeah. can we use movement in a positive way for that? I think movement has to be, you put yourself in a space with people that are like-minded that you're working together. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it's finding your a yoga partner that the two of you have a connection and you know that that's the person that you connect to and you do yoga together. Or maybe movement isn't in a group for you. Maybe movement is something that you enjoy doing on your own. Maybe it's jumping on your spin bike by yourself for 20 minutes every morning. Uh, yeah, I broke into tears this morning. I mean, it was, it was an awesome ride and I was done and I was sobbing. It was, it was cathartic. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And that's just it. It's finding that, finding the, the, the 20 minutes where you're just, you feel great at the end of it. And it could literally just be going for a walk with your dog and, and being outside and feeling good about that. Find what works for you. That's going to help you move your body, but also bring you some joy. I think people think you have to hurt yourself through movement because you see these crazy people like lifting weights above their head and feeling like, oh, I have to be sore. No, you, it's about helping change the course of your day. So how do you do that? If you were going to coach us as a group and to help us each find that way that we like to move, how would you help us find that joyful place of movement for ourselves? What I would do is explore what movements have you done in the past that you enjoy? What activities have you done in the past, whether it's walking the dog or biking or stretching yoga and, and really explore where is it that you're going to commit to actually doing it? So I actually have a five-day program and every morning you get up and you commit to one movement for that day and you commit to one act of self-care. You commit to one thing where you're going to nourish your body, you know, small, very small things. And then every single day you, over the course of five days, well, you've committed to five different types of movement, five different ways you nourished your body, five different kinds of self-care, and they all link together. And that, that's what I would do with people is fine. It's not just about movement. It's about all of it. Like I talked about earlier, making sure that you're taking movement and then adding in other choices that are going to really help you holistically. Who is it that you want to be helping in your life coaching business? Honestly, the short answer, I want to help people that want to be helped. I want to help people that want to better themselves or their situation. People who feel stuck right now and have this vision for their future, but don't know how to get there. And I want to be able to help them look five years down the road or 10 years down the road or two months down the road and 
create a vision and a dream and a goal, and then back up to today and create a plan to get to that vision or dream or goal. Those are the people I want to work with, the ones that are going to show up and do the work. And I love that. We talked a little bit about being in your body while you're moving it and being present, but there's more to that. You know, you're, you're present while you're doing the activity, but it's for that future you. I do a lot of future-based coaching. It's really important to understand where you've come from and what got you to this moment, but where do you want your future to go? And so, well, movement is a big part of it for me. We also have to plan for when are you going to move? Like, how are you going to? And, and, and creating a space for you to be able to do that, I think is really important. Yeah, I think that's what gets us unstuck, right? And yeah. gets us actually moving. Yeah, yeah and, and I want to be that coach that helps keep them accountable. I've worked with people who have said, you know, I'm going to do five days of workouts this week. And after three days, I'll check in with them and see how they're doing. And I think when you have someone that's helping keep you accountable as well, I think that's really important. I found that being a part of teams, your teammates and your coaches keep you accountable. And I think that's what I bring to life coaching, even one-on-one or group coaching. Beautiful. So Sarah, how would people get in touch with you if they're interested in working with you or learning more? SarahDoleCoaching.com is where you can find me. And at Sarah Dole Coaching is the handle for just about all of my social media. And Sarah, can you spell that for us? Sarah, no H, S-A-R-A-D-O-E-L-L, coaching.com. SarahDoleCoaching.com. Fabulous. And before I let you off the hot seat, I just want to make sure, is there anything that I should have asked, but I didn't? I did just want to say one thing about overall movement is that we all have limitations, you know, emotional limitations, mental limitations, physical limitations, but no matter what, finding a way to move your body, I just find it to be so very important. Absolutely. So Sarah, are you ready for the ever fun, ever popular lightning round? I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sarah, what is the best part of working out. I just said you don't have to be sore when you're working out, but for me, it's the day after when I'm really sore and I'm like, oh my God, I worked really hard yesterday and I love waking up sore if I'm being honest. Okay. It's a choice. <laughs> so so it's the end of the workout that you like. I like the end too. Yes. <laughs> it's my favorite part is when it's over. All right. Best part of the meal. Ooh, all of it. Okay. I have to pick a part. Um, <laughs> You know, best part of the meal, all of it. That's awesome. Oh, I think it's the first bite. Like when it's still, like if it's something that's supposed to be like nice and warm, that first bite. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Kim is there with you. Totally there with you. Totally. Because it's that mindful eating, right? It's it's that awareness of what we just put in our mouths and that. And there's sometimes when you do that and you're like, oh yeah, I'm done. Yep. No. What? Okay, well, we can, we can aim for that sometimes. All right. All right. What is the best part of the day? The morning. Absolutely the morning. I love the quiet of the morning where you get up, no one else is awake yet, you have a cup of coffee, you meditate, you journal. Like the morning, I, w- I wish morning happened all day. Well, I'm so glad we meet in the mornings. Then. Yeah, I know. I was, gonna, I was about to make some comment about really, that's not what we hear on our morning meetings. <laughs> I believe there, there's a quote that we have recorded of, I got up early for you MFers. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I didn't say every morning was perfect, but if I had to choose, it would be the morning. All right. The best part of starting a new book. Oh, are you talking about my book? Oh, you can talk about that. I'm writing a book and I would have to say the best part about it was the moment where I broke down crying, knowing, knowing that I could do this. And I had this vision that was so powerful about how I wanted to write. And I have a picture of me when I was in tears writing the book and starting it. And I'm, that, that's it. I think anybody who's done a creative endeavor can uh, appreciate that. That's yeah. amazing. And I can't wait to read it. I can't wait to finish it. <laughs> Well, there's that. The second best part of writing a book. <laughs> Finishing it. All right. The best part of the year. Oh, my birthday. That was my gut reaction. Was my <laughs> I like it. So I have to say my birthday is the end of November. My wedding anniversary is eight days later and then Christmas comes. So November 30th to December 25th. You have a lot of celebration happening. Yep. All right, Sarah, those were your five lightning round questions. I hope people out there are going to get up right now, right at the end of this, and do a burpee because why not? Because Sarah loves burpees. <laughs> Thanks for pulling up a chair and joining us today. Until next time, remember that all the parts are the best parts. <laughs>